a meal, a parable, and forgiveness. Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter, and Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. Mary, I love it when we have people over for a meal. You're such a great host, and you prepare a great meal, and you take your time thinking about what would they enjoy eating, and then you spend time in preparing a wonderful dinner uh, for them to make them feel special. Well, it takes two of us. You know, I usually do the cooking, but you help with the cleaning. It takes getting the house ready and sometimes setting up chairs and tables. But it's just so important, I think, to both of us that when people come to our house that they feel actually at home and feel comfortable and and it's a safe sanctuary. Right. Come to the door. We open the door. We give them a greeting, handshake, a hug. They take their shoes off, take their coat if they have a coat. We usher them into our lounge or living room. We offer them something to drink. We just want them to feel welcome and where they can be themselves. And so they can just enjoy a meal and the conversation and yeah, just being together. And that's how I want to be treated when I go to someone's house. Just just those simple things that make us feel comfortable. You know, we all enjoy eating and we all enjoy loving a great conversation around food. There's something about food that just builds relationship. Well, our story today actually takes place in a house with a meal. It's found in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. And two other times it says in these first couple of verses that Jesus has been invited to a Pharisee's house to eat. So this is taking place in a house. There's a lot going on in this story, just as we were discussing it before we started. It may pay to just cut the podcast off for just a little while, pause it, come back to us, and and we'll pick it up from there. But I think reading it could help in our conversation. Yeah, that's a good idea. Jesus is at this Pharisee's house. He's been invited, and the Pharisee, since he gave the invitation— was expected to be hospitable. Hospitality in that first century Mediterranean world was one of the most important things that you can give someone, is to be a great host. But we're going to learn in the story that this Pharisee, we later learn his name is Simon, actually is not a good host. In fact, i not trying to get ahead of ourselves, but it's almost as if Simon is treating this like a business meal, like He's out to impress. He's got people that he's going to treat really well, and maybe some that he's not going to treat well, depending on what they've done for him. I'd get that impression. Yeah. They're at this meal, and just a little word about eating in that time period. Their normal way to do that would be reclining around maybe a low table, reclining on the floor with your feet slightly behind you. Cushions, maybe. And leaning on cushions. So probably not sitting at a table like we would be used to sitting in chairs, their legs underneath the table, probably more of a reclining posture. And when people came in, there would have been certain protocols, wouldn't there? Yeah, this meal here was not just your average meal where you just have chit chat and just enjoy and talk about the weather and things like that. This would be more sophisticated than that. Simon would have invited guests and there would be uninvited guests as well. Because often your doors would be open, and 
if you're having a meal and there's important people there, people outside want to be part of it as well. So they would come in and just sit along the walls to listen because this meal would also involve conversation, important conversation. And I suppose Jesus was there because he was a little bit of a curiosity to people. Simon the Pharisee would have probably heard about Jesus. So it's like, what is this guy about? What does he have to say? So maybe that's why Jesus was invited along. So they're eating at this meal, Simon sizing Jesus up. But it says in verse 37, we're introduced to another character, a sinful woman. It says a sinful woman in the town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she brings in an alabaster jar of perfume. And then in verse 38, it says she stood at Jesus's feet crying and began to wash his feet with her tears. She dried his feet with her hair. She kissed them many times and rubbed them with the perfume. So this is a common thing to wash feet. And I'm just imagining wearing sandals in streets where there were people, animals, all kinds of things. This would have led to dirty feet. And so if you're reclining at a table, you're actually sitting next to somebody kind of close to their feet, washing their feet. Seems like something that the host would have done, and yet here's this woman coming in, and she's washing Jesus' feet. And this Pharisee was not being the host that he was expected to be. So here at the beginning of the story, we have Jesus and this Pharisee, and now this sinful woman. We learn later that there's other people around, so they're just watching this drama unfold. This woman comes in and begins to do this, and so she is beginning to make a spectacle of herself. So Simon doesn't say anything out loud, but he's thinking to himself. I find this noteworthy that he says, if Jesus was a prophet, he wouldn't allow this to happen. If he was a prophet. Already, Simon is kind of disgusted with this. It's like, obviously, this is not a prophet. Prophets don't do this. Jesus should not be allowing this woman to wash his feet, a sinful woman touching him. That doesn't sound like a prophet. Jesus perceives what this Pharisee is thinking. And so he says to him in verse 40, now he's given a name, Simon, I have something to say to you. I can just imagine Simon kind of lighting up like, oh, okay, yeah, now what are you going to say? So he says, okay, teacher, tell me. And so Jesus tells a parable to him, a parable about a moneylender who had two borrowers, one who borrowed 50 denarii and one who had borrowed 500 denarii, and they could not pay it back. And so this moneylender, he actually forgave the debt of both. Oh, so now we're talking... Simon's language. I was saying this was a business dinner, so let's talk about business. Here's this money lender, and borrowing, all of that would have been things Simon was familiar with. He had a house, there were many guests. I'm guessing he probably had a bit of money, some wealth himself. This idea of a money lender forgiving debt, one a lot of debt and one a little, that would have made sense to Simon. And they talk about denarii. Now, I think I've read somewhere that a denarii is maybe equal to a day's wage. That's right, a laborer's day's wage. 
And denarii was a very common Roman coin. It's a silver coin. It was small. So you have one who owed a smaller amount and one that owed a huge amount. And so if, if one denarii was about one day's wage, then you have this one person that owed 500, so he owed more than a year worth of wages. So you just calculate in your mind if you owed someone that much money. Jesus contrasts, and he said, so the moneylender said all debts are taken care of. So Simon, which of these people would love that moneylender the most? And Simon answers correctly, and I think, you know, we read this parable, and I think we're thinking the same thing. Well, of course, it'd be the one who owed him the most, because he had the most forgiven. This lays the foundation for the rest of the evening, doesn't it? Because Jesus has kind of got Simon in a way. Simon has already answered the question, (laughs) and Jesus goes on to talk about Someone who has been forgiven a whole lot. Someone who has sinned a whole lot and has been forgiven. And that would be this woman. I think she must have met Jesus before. This probably wasn't her first time. Yeah, this is interesting. There is a backstory to this story because of what Jesus says to her and this woman's actions. Yeah, lets us know that there's a prior meeting between this woman and Jesus. And so I guess we just can assume whatever went on that Jesus actually forgave her. And so the weight of this forgiveness just burst out in this extravagant display of gratitude in this way to Jesus. Compared to Simon, who seems to have had little need to be forgiven. At least he didn't think so. He didn't really have much to do for Jesus. There are some basic things that he had not done that any host should have done. Exactly. But whereas this woman was lavish in her love and grateful spirit, we have Simon who almost acts like he could care less if Jesus was there. Jesus goes on to say, Simon, do you see this woman? I'm almost thinking it's like, do you really see this woman? It's interesting how Jesus turns to the woman but keeps talking to Simon. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's in verse 44. I think when we're reading this, we should get this in our mind. But he's talking to the woman, too. But he's turned to the woman. He sees the woman. And he's asking Simon, do you see the woman? And he's comparing the two. Just like in the parable he just told of the one who'd been forgiven a lot and the one who had been forgiven little, he compares this woman and Simon. He said, Simon, you didn't even wash my feet when I came in. You didn't greet me with a kiss. You didn't do all the things that a host would normally do. But this woman, she's used her tears to wash my feet. She's continually kissed my feet. Comparison between the two is huge. What a void between the two. One loved a little, one loved a lot. Yeah. I think this question that Jesus asked Simon, maybe think about for a bit, do you see this woman Simon saw this woman, yes, but he just saw what this woman was. What he thought she was. Well, what he thought she was, or maybe what she was. But Jesus sees this woman of what she could be. And I think we get a glimpse into how God maybe sees us. You know, God doesn't see us for what we once were, but he sees us what we are, what we can be. So that question, do you see this woman, is a very perceptive question 
he challenges Simon to look past the outward here when he says, do you see this woman? Do you see what she's doing? Can you learn something from this woman? Jesus's conversation with Simon, and his back's to Simon, he's facing the woman, but man, what piercing words. Simon knew he had not done those things. I'm not even sure if Simon totally understands this even now, but the woman certainly does. She got it. She was so grateful for the forgiveness Jesus had given her. I learned a lot earlier Before we even started the podcast, you were talking about the language here is talking about her sins had already been forgiven when she arrived. Yeah. When Jesus is speaking, he's looking at the woman speaking to Simon, and he's calling attention that when she came in, she was doing all these things, wetting his feet with her tears, drying him with her hair, and she's continually kissing his feet, all of these things that a host would do to an invited guest. And he says in verse 47, I tell you that her Many sins are forgiven. Now, in the original language, that means that her sins have been forgiven in the past, and they're still forgiven now. It's not like she's being forgiven at that moment. She'd already been forgiven, and that's probably why she looks for Jesus and finds him, because she is so grateful that she has been forgiven, and she wants to just show her gratitude and love and appreciation and thankfulness that she has a new life. And has been forgiven so much. She understood the gravity of this forgiveness. And boy, it doesn't take a lot for me to go back to times in my life where I've struggled with the guilt of a sin, struggled with that weight. But when I have the forgiveness, when I go to God, when I have forgiveness of my sin, that weight's just lifted. And I'm so grateful for the forgiveness that God gives That's right. That's wonderful. So the other guests also noticed, don't they? There were other people there. These were probably invited guests. And like I had said before, maybe some sort of business meal. Maybe they were there to be impressed, but they were getting an earful and an eyeful that night. They were learning something here because they asked the question when they see all this going on and hear the conversation between Simon and Jesus and hear Jesus's words to the woman, they say, who is this? Who is this? How can he forgive sins? The wheels are turning in their head too, because they're beginning to, or they're being challenged in their understanding of Jesus. Is he a prophet or is he more than a prophet? Because he forgives sins. And one interesting thing in this story, we have Jesus speaking quite a bit. We have Simon speaking, and we have at the end these other guests speaking, but the woman doesn't speak. She doesn't say a thing. But her actions speak volumes. Her lavish actions of love and gratitude speak volumes about how I should be, how I should respond when God forgives me. When I teach children, I really want them to understand what forgiveness is. Because that's one of those important things that they will practice, the asking of forgiveness and being forgiven. This is something that will happen for the rest of their Christian life. So that's one of those foundational things. So I want to spend a little time talking about what it means to be forgiven, to start over, for the slate to be washed clean. Adults need to understand what forgiveness is and to experience it. I'm reading the story here, and I can see Simon and see the woman. 
I think we're drawn to the woman. Oh, yeah, we want to be like that. But I, I just I look at myself, I think, how often am I Simon? I see myself as being oh, not a sinner, not a big sinner, just maybe a little sinner. So I have to stop and think, how do I see myself? How do I see others? Am I grateful? Do I show this lavish response to God's forgiveness in my life? How do I show my gratefulness to God? That's a great point, David. And we want to be always, always reminded of how God has forgiven us. I think one way I might do that in a children's class is a simple activity to draw a cross on a large piece of paper and talk about our sins, how we have done wrong things, and just to have a fairly somber conversation of what that means to fall short, to do things that are wrong, and to actually write some of those things down on that cross as a group activity, and starting with myself, writing some of my own sins on that cross, and allowing the children that time of repentance and to be considering and weighing that up and to write those sins down and then to talk about Jesus and how Jesus can forgive our sins and then to pray and pray for God's forgiveness and know that He forgives us. Great idea. This is such a great story. There's a lot of drama going in in this story. In a class, you can just have someone read the story, but I think a more memorable way of approaching this is actually act it out. So you have people read the different parts and act the different parts out. So the teacher, if you're a teacher, you may have someone volunteer, come up and read the narrating part, and then have another volunteer to play the part of the Pharisee and act that out, and for another one to be the sinful woman, and maybe two or three others to be the, the other guests that are around and and then have them read and act these parts out. And I think they'll help the story come alive. You know, identify with Simon. What's going on in Simon's mind? And think about, when are you like Simon? And then the same with the woman. What's going on in her mind? How do you show your gratefulness to God? Well, that would be the perfect opportunity if you're having them act it out. Each of those characters could tell you how they feel about what's just happened. The story is about forgiveness. It's about showing gratitude because you have been forgiven. And I see that, you know, the difference between the Pharisee and the woman is not so much one was a little sinner, one was a big sinner. Both were sinners. Both needed forgiveness, but it's in their response to forgiveness. We need to respond. We need to show gratitude and gratefulness. So it doesn't matter if you're, quote, a big sinner or not, or you you owe 500 denarii or whatever. You can be forgiven, and you need to show, you need to be grateful to God. Yes, we do. I would use that cross activity to talk about forgiveness, but I would also just, because it's children, I I want to have some, just some activities that help them relate to the story and sort of understand it and remember it. I love your idea of acting the, the parts out. We may do that in our children's class. But, you know, there's some craft ideas here. Washed feet. I mean, you could do painted footprints, put some paint on kids' feet and let them do some prints and maybe write the chapter and verse on that picture. I Maybe when the children arrive, I would like to wash their feet and give them that experience. I have done that in the past, and I think our first reaction is that they may just giggle and think it was silly. And and in some ways they do, but I actually found 
the children find that a very humbling experience to have their adult teacher wash their feet. That would be not unlike how it might have felt back then for people to wash your feet. But that helps them sort of get into the story, relate to it. And it's very important in such an important subject as forgiveness to remember that we model that. And as teachers, I think it's very important not to label children. A child may be naughty, do things that are bad, and then change. And we don't need to be bringing up the past all the time. We need to remember to forgive also and model that for children so that they can see and know what forgiveness is, that clean slate. That's a good reminder. Thank you. David, I don't think we ever actually outlined the story when we were talking it through. So I do want to do that quickly because that's a great thing to do to prepare for the class. Just jot that down. The first point would be Jesus eating at Simon the Pharisee's house. That's verse 36. And then the second point, I've got the woman washing Jesus' feet, and that's verses 37 through 38. And then the rest of the passage, verses 39 through 50, I just call that a parable and a real-life demonstration of forgiveness and love. Thank you. This is one of those lessons that strikes my heart, takes me right to the core of understanding that I need forgiveness. It makes me examine myself and think, am I the one acting like Simon and treating things lightly, or am I this woman who is so grateful for God's forgiveness? It's my prayer that you'll take what you learn from this story of this woman's encounter with Jesus, and that you'll take that into your classroom so that you can share the truth about forgiveness, and that children can understand Jesus because of what you teach. And may God bless you as you continue to speak into the lives of children. Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free resources to help you share God's Word with children. 